This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Tom Ackerman with me. Tom, what's up, man? What's going on? How are you? I'm great. Got your uh, Valley shirt on there. Uh, I'm, I'm cash today. I got my uh, golf pants on. I'm not playing today, but, you know, if I can get out and play, I do. I got my Valley pullover on because it was a little chilly this morning. Somebody told me today that I was wearing double collars. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm wearing a pullover. Got a golf shirt. With a golf shirt on. What am I supposed to wear, a T-shirt? Then I'd really be underdressed <laughs> right. for this show. Right. Like I'm going to the gym or That's something. That's right. Yeah, uh, I didn't think know, of the just double. Just throwing cup. the hat on today and growing the beard out and just kind of hanging out. <laughs> and you came over here to beautiful Fallon, Illinois, from St. Louis. Is, you've got a beautiful view up here. Yeah, for, for folks who don't know the studio's location, I was just telling you off the air. You've got incredible. Are they sponsors of the show? Should I throw? No, but well, you can throw anybody you want. Chop I mean, House. they should be. Yeah, they should uh, be. Eighteen eighteen Chop House, yeah. Sugar Fire, Lions Choice, First Watch, Bella Milano. You got Drake's. You got My all sorts gosh. of stuff. All within walking distance. All within walking Can we distance. do like a KMOX East out here? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Put we'll a, set up a studio right here. Park it right here. Let's do it. The, the East location. Right. So no, you really are not. the KMOX Sports Director. You are the host of Garage Happy Hour. You've had I some am. amazing guests Thank on there. You. Incredible. I watched Man. John Hamm and you last night getting ready for this. Man, I appreciate that very much. The John Hamm thing was very interesting how... Our corporate, you know, when you're in the corporate communications world, how fast that can happen. It really took off. I mean, they love the fact that I was having John on. So they were prepared and they listened to it, watched it. They picked like a little spot where I asked him about being around the Grammys and Beyonce walked in to where he was having dinner and suddenly it was on entertainment tonight or something like that. (laughs) There were, you know, appeared on Tom Ackerman's garage happy hour. That's John awesome. Hamm said, but I'm like, what? Just it's the pub amazing you how fast that can happen when you have a big celeb like yeah. that. But no, it's been fun. I kind of bounce around from local celebrities to anybody with St. Louis ties. It doesn't have to be St. Louis ties, sure. but it's nice to, to kind of move around to, to actors and then mostly sports people. I think the one that really got that show going when I had Chris Pronger and Ozzy Smith back to back, the Hall of Famers. Really, that was fun and kind of got people's attention. And then I hit him with Sterling K. Brown, who I went to high school with. Okay. Great actor. But the Albert Pujols one was really fun for me because I have always admired him as a player. I got along with him from the very beginning. And I love how the Angels asked him to do it. Like they went into the clubhouse and said, hey, so there's this guy Keeps calling. in St. Louis who asked <laughs> – he does a show out of his garage, but he works for the Cardinals radio station. His name is Tom Ackerman. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember Tom. So he does this show out of his garage. What do you think? And he's like, 
yeah, tell him I'll do it. I'm in. I'm like, boom, I'm in now. <laughs> now this show's about yeah. to So it was fun. And yeah. he, he was really great and, and open. And I appreciated that very much. And that the show is like he kind of got it, which I appreciated. The show is just... I'm just trying to be relatable. It's just a guy sitting in his garage, drinking a beer, interviewing celebrities who over the years, you know, you do build a network and relationships and, and trust. And so people started coming on saying yes. People started watching it on their phones or devices and they can still watch it whenever they want. That's you know, a nice they can, thing. They can just pop it on when they're killing a half hour or you can listen to it as a podcast if you want. So yeah, it's been, it's been a really nice experience. And you got uh, golf happy hours. So we got the garage. We're having a beer in the garage. Now we're going golfing, having a beer, maybe playing some golf and interviewing some celebrities and sports and so yeah, on. Sensing a theme here. So yeah. the, doing a new happy hour and then thinking about what my third one will be. But what else do I like to do besides sit in my garage is uh, play golf. So I thought, you know, let's put together a, a group. So my friend Marina Horton, really great golfer here in town, relatable, again, working mom, you know, when she can, gets out and plays. And so the goal of that show was not only to bring in celebrities, which we're going to do, but to show that golf is fun, golf's available to everybody. We're going to involve PGA Reach and their nice. efforts uh, to, to show that Anybody can pick up this game and PGA Reach can help you do that. So like no it. matter your age, background, where you live, they can help you learn the game. And it really is a great, not only teaching tool for, for kids and for us in life, but you can pick it up at any time. I mean, you can pick it up if you're eight or if you're 80. Yeah. So, and it's like Play the ultimate social distance sport. That's right. That's right. And it really hits. I think there's a reason why golf is exploding. So that's, Golf happy hour. Look for that one. A little bit shorter of a version. This is more of an edited, fast-paced uh, uh, Justin Barr, who runs a great account called SEL from above, flies drones and Amazing. Has all kinds of cameras. So we're just trying to do something a little like different. It. You know, that's kind of where our world is going. Yeah. You know, I'm no longer a radio guy. I'm a media guy. Yeah. And we're a media company. Yep. So we're just trying to explore different ways to reach people. And I think today... The way things look to me is that people like to consume media that's a little more relatable to them rather than somebody stiff in a suit, uh, a talking head who seems robotic. Yep. You know, who's a little bit more like me? That's what people like. Well, they want it on demand. They want it when they want it. And yep. it's not like, oh, I want it from this hour to this hour. And obviously that will continue, but... Yeah, I think you're seeing it, obviously, that more and more people want it when they want it. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's... This is a time in our lives where all of our lives have been turned upside down and have changed, and we're just trying to connect. That's right. We're trying to connect with each other and understand that we're all in this together. While we might have different views on politics and religion and whatever, we are definitely all in the same That's right. We're in it together, man. <laughs> so, you know, something like that that can maybe take your mind off of it for a little while and, and know that you know, we're all just trying to get back out there and do the things that we love hopefully people connect with that. That's right. So talk to us about the man you are today. Obviously you don't just, you know, wake up and become the sports director at KMOX. And uh, I'm fascinated by your story. And I want to dive into a lot of some of the stuff that you did early on to get you to where you are today, which is cool, but just kind of give us the background. Tom Ackerman, who are you? I know you grew up in St. Louis. Now you're representing KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Holy crap. That's gotta be cool. Yeah. But tell us a little more about you, man. I'm a St. Louis kid. I grew up in Creve Corps, basically like right by Mercy Hospital. It was St. John's then. Yep. 
My dad was born and raised in St. Louis, lived in Clayton. My mom from Southern Illinois. What part? Salem. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, you know, they met and I'm the, the oldest of two. My, my sister lives in San Diego. She's four years younger than me. But yeah, I was born in 75, you know, grew up in the 80s with the Cardinals and absolutely loved listening to the games on the radio, just like most of us did. Loved watching the games on TV, and I was always fascinated with broadcasters. From an early age, I just loved the cadence of the radio broadcast. I loved the excitement of the TV broadcast. My, If I think of the names that really grabbed me early on TV were like Keith Jackson. I loved how he would sit back and let the crowd and the picture tell the story for a while. And I loved on radio Jack Buck. I just loved the way that he... The way that he talked this is like the the easiest way I could say it, that he just, it was like you were sitting with a friend who was explaining to you the game, but he was so good at it yeah. and taught us so much about it that that's what I wanted to do from a very early age. So I followed all of them and followed sports and I'd run around the house, you know, playing Nerf basketball and calling the game. I would call entire games outside throwing a tennis ball against a stack of railroad ties like I was Danny Cox, you know, pitching and trying to hit the strike zone, which was a square, like the end of a railroad tie. And I would call an entire game. It was crazy. Did you have a radio voice? Did you have uh, a voice of, then? Yeah, not really. Just so, yeah, kind of. I Tom guess Ackerman I sort of, with the pitch. Yeah, yeah, I just imitate, you know, here's Cox with the pitch. Like I imitated yeah. Jack a little bit. And I would do even football out on the in the yard. My parents must have thought I was nuts. I mean, I was throwing the ball to myself and running, you know, down the sideline for the touchdown. And then I would go inside and write up a little box score of the Mizzou game beating Oklahoma fifty-eight to seven or whatever it was. Wow! And so that was just I was fascinated with it all. I was the kid that the teacher would say, you know, Tommy Ackerman, put that away, and it would be the sports page. You know, I'd be reading it in the back or I'd have the game on like this in class. You know, I'd have the radio in my ear. I mean, I, I just uh, I loved it. And so now I get to live it. And it, I got there by love of the, of the sport and of the medium and, and actually both TV and radio. That's that's really how it all started for me. I thought it was cool. I read that in I think it was your sophomore year in high school. You were at St. Louis Country Day. And you would call KMOX. Remember this story? Yeah. Yeah. So you'd call KMOX and then go to the local football game or whatever it was and report the scores at halftime, right? Yeah. So I became, uh, I played basketball as a kid. That was my favorite sport playing as a kid. And I played that all the way through high school. I played baseball. I played golf in high school as well. I loved football. I loved playing, and I loved. I was fascinated with the strategy of the game, but I just was not very big. It was uh, as a junior in high school. I'm 6'2", 210, 215 right now. I wish, man. I mean, I was... <laughs> just go back. <laughs> yeah, as a junior in high school, I was 5'7", 130 pounds, yeah. and, and I was a quarterback. And uh, before that, 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, just too small, and, and just it wasn't going to work for me. I was getting killed out there so i decided to make the change and see if i could get into the press box and so the the public address announcer was a guy named ed corsi had this big deep voice he was our development director alumni development and 
he was a he had his incredible voice of first down you know? <laughs> and and i went to him and i and i asked him uh, about his job and and i told him that i was fascinated with it and he said what if we had you call the freshman games and Cause you're a sophomore the, the jv yeah. games yeah. you know we'll have you up and do the pa and so i did that and then when he uh by the time i was finished with that freshman year uh or sophomore year i did those games he said i'm leaving for a job at northern illinois university and i'd like for you to be the public address announcer here and so i did junior senior year sophomore and junior senior year i was the varsity pa announcer <laughs> for football at country day which was a, a great high school yeah. and still is yeah. you know, tradition so yeah like you said those were my first experiences behind the microphone i would go down to the sideline talk to the coaches ask them about pronunciations and okay. go through the rosters with them and then at halftime i would call kmox sports line which was three two one 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 and i would and it was a recording we they would record every half hour a scoreboard and i'd write all the scores down and then at halftime i'd say and at halftime notre dame leads usc wow. 14 to 7 and the crowd would be like "Ooh, yeah <laughs> and i got a real you kick got hooked, yeah so i would read the scores and those are my first sports casts and it what a what a great experience that's that incredible a what a cool story i mean to think though that you knew from early age, i mean i just had this conversation with my 15 year old yesterday he was in here in my office and so what do you want to do you know, when you grow up? Obviously, he, he, I didn't think he had any idea, and he doesn't have any idea. I'm like, hey, most people don't know what they want to do at 15, but it sounds like you did. Yeah, and I just, uh, you know, was I nervous? Absolutely. Yeah. But like my daughter just told me, I have two kids, 14 and 10, both girls, and my 10-year-old told me she was nervous before one of her games. She's playing in a league now where the players are a little bit better. Yeah. She's a fourth grader, and she's on a good team, and she said, I'm a little nervous, and I said, that's good. That's right. I said, you know, that's you want you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about, but that's excitement. That's your body not totally understanding what's about to happen. That's exciting. And um, once you get out there and start doing it, all those nerves just sort of fade away and your energy goes into the game. And so that's what happened for me. Of course, I was excited and nervous, all wrapped into one. And here's this crowd. But those are my first. So I was doing it. You know, I was doing the calling the games. My friends are out there. The parents are in the crowd. And I still got to be part of the football experience and do these games. And my voice, you know, is echoing out into the neighborhoods. And yeah. that was a, <laughs> so a cool. when I think back on it, it's still one of the coolest things. I've yeah, ever heck yeah. You know, so I, yeah, it was, it was a great start. And I knew right then, you know, this really is what I want to do. Yep, that's very cool. So tell us about your start at KMOX. I mean, I think another cool story, some of the stuff that you did there, but I know you went to Indiana University. And then uh, came back and started working at KMOX right out of college, right? Yeah, yeah. And the quick story through college is, you know, I went kind of the same thing. I went to the student radio station and asked them for a, a shift on what was an FM music station that did a little bit of sports. And they said that freshmen really don't get that opportunity, but we'll talk to you next year. And then I got a call back a few weeks later. They said, we actually have an opening. Would you like to do something starting second semester? I said, man, that'd be great. I, mean, I said, I'll take it. Without even asking. They said, awesome. So it's Monday, 3 to 6 a.m. Oh, goodness. And my mom said, you're crazy. You can't do that. Yeah. And I said, mom, I'll change everything. I'll, right. I'll rearrange my classes. So 
I did the show three to 6 a.m. on Mondays. I remember how excited I was walking through the snow to get to the station, which was on 8th Street in Bloomington, walking from my dorm, and nobody's listening to me. Yeah. My roommate claimed to. There's no way. <laughs> Nobody listened to me. But He's coming was, home from something, maybe. Yeah, but you. it was fun for me. I basically read the weather and, and said which song was coming on next and read a couple of promos, but I was on the air. And so I, I just each year in college moved up a, another level. I, I had a show from 6 to 9 a.m. with a friend of mine, and we did some news, and then we did music. We talked some sports, and later by the end of uh, college, senior year, I was doing 3 to 6 p.m. on Friday. I was calling basketball games, baseball, football. Uh, the opportunity started to grow there a little bit. Now today, and I'm on the board of the media school there, they have unbelievable opportunities. Yeah. TV, radio, I mean, media. what they do for these kids is amazing. Then I, I felt like I kind of had to fight for myself, but I got on the air and it did help me. So I went to KMOX and I had a couple of people help me with just to get me in the door as a reference to say, hey, give this kid a shot just to to interview for some board op position anything you have. And I got my foot in the door and I got the interview and I ended up getting a job as behind the scenes, seven bucks an hour, basically getting coffee, driving the van, setting up remotes, answering phones with a degree from a great university, right? Whatever I could do <laughs> right. just to get in the door and to get noticed. And after a while, people started to like this kid, Tom Ackerman, We'll do anything you ask him to do. And I, I kind of like when he fills in for my producer and whatever. So the break I got was in 98. Dan McLaughlin left his weekend sports open line post mm. to take the Cardinals TV job. And wow. they tried me out there as a reporter and as a host. And I got it. And so in, in the fall of 98, during the McGuire-Sosa home run race, when I was reporting out gathering audio like I had been for the last year. I was now on the air and I hit it at just the right time. I mean, 98, 99, the Rams went the Rams. Yeah. I was their KMOX's Rams beat reporter. 2000 and the Cardinals take off. And so it was, it was a really great start. And I'm 22 when I started at KMOX and now at 45, almost 46, you know, I've been there over half my life. Yeah. And it, in some ways it's gone by fast, but in other ways, it has been part of me. I can't, I almost can't remember my life without it. Yeah. I think what's, I hope people are listening, you know, the circuit of success, we talk about the attitude, the belief system, the actions that you have to take ultimately get your results in your life, right? So what I hear so far is you taking action. It wasn't somebody coming to you and saying, hey man, we need this guy. Can you fill in, right? No, it was you play calling in the backyard. Like that may seem like not a big deal, but that's a big deal. That was the visualization. That was the vision of where you were going with it. And I think you probably got a taste of what you wanted to do long-term for that. So yeah, yeah, it was tough. I mean, my dad died of a heart attack very suddenly when I was almost 18, right after my graduation from high school. Hmm. And, you know, the plan, I think in, in his mind, he was the co-founder of Sunshine Drapery. And, and yeah. I think maybe when I was a, a little kid, that you know i would succeed him there or at least that i would work there but that changed pretty quickly for him like he was very much a supporter of my dream as a kid even though he knew and he didn't tell me this but he knew you're not gonna make a lot of money at least not initially and it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of long hours and a lot of competition people are going to be breathing down sure. your neck and but go for it and i'm with you all the way 
And he, without his support, I probably would be doing something else. But I, I kept the dream alive. And after he passed away, I just decided that uh, I'm going to, I'm keeping, I'm all in, man. And, uh, you know, so yeah, that is, uh, that's right. You know, I, I, I would say that I, the nothing was handed to me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just kept where I still have the same attitude. I just keep working at it. I don't want anyone to take it from me. So that was always my attitude that I think I have this reputation as being a very mild mannered, calm person. And I feel like I am, but I have a deep burning thing inside of me that competitiveness. Which so, it takes a lot of it, especially in your industry. Yeah. You, and yeah. I, you know, you like, I feel like the one day that I coast, I'll either get passed over or I'll get let go. Yeah. That And that might not be true, but it, but it could be true. And in my mind, that's how I feel. Yeah. So can I take days off? Sure. I can shut it off. There was a time where that was not very easy. And so there, I've learned over time the balance of life. I'd say when I was in my 20s, man, I pushed the gas pedal pretty hard. I mean, I, I really almost burned out the engine completely and left the business because I was doing way too much and not sleeping. And eventually I figured out how to be my best and still burn competitively. Yeah. I think one of the cool stories talking about that uh, not sleeping part, I think what I heard early on or when I was doing my research, you would work your normal job and then kind of sneak in at night and not sneak in in a bad way, but maybe yeah. go in and record things. I stayed really late. Yeah. You stayed really late and would record yourself on the microphone and then maybe give it to your boss. Right. And hopefully I, you got, you know, I had yeah. no responsibilities. I mean, I had no kids. I had lived in an apartment. I mean, so what am I going to do? Let's sit around and watch TV. Yeah. I mean, so I would do my job and then it, one, two, three in the morning, I was over and over and over making tapes to make sure it sounded good. And then I would leave them on his desk. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'd show up the next day and, and get to work. But yeah, I was just trying to make a statement without being too overly aggressive. I felt like you had to be probably a little balanced there too. If I'm a little too relentless, they might be a turnoff. Yeah. So wait for your opportunity and then go for it. Um, and I was encouraged also by my coworkers who recognized, I don't know if they recognized that I was going to be a talented on air person or anything like that. I think they just liked working with me. Yep. And so if I had advice for people breaking into the business, you don't have to be Bob Costas, you know, eventually you can prepare like Bob and you can learn to speak as eloquently as Bob. But the one thing that you can control is your passion and love for it. And certainly uh, you can control your work ethic. And there's no doubt that you can be really good at it by, you know, pushing forward and doing all that you can to be the best that you can be. And, uh, and yeah. I think, well, actually, you know what? Above all of that, like, you know what trumps all of that is kind of what I said a couple of minutes ago, are you somebody that people like to work with? That's really the biggest thing of all yeah. is that I can tell you from being in the, in, at the station for a long time, we like, we like each other there. You yeah. know, we like working with each other. That's super, super important. There's a broadcaster for Fox. His name is, I don't even know him. We don't even know each other, but I admire him. His name's Kevin Burkhardt. You've probably yeah. seen him. Yep. 
he'll eventually he's very close to to being where Joe Buck is at Fox. Wow. He's he's climbing the ladder fast. And I've read about him and I've learned about him. And you know why he's so good? Because people like working with him. People like him because he shows everyone respect. And so I, if I were to encourage young people, that's what I would do. Best teammate you can Love it. We call it the no asshole rule here at Visionary Wealth Advisors. That works for me, man. That works for <laughs> that me. That works. Uh, talk to, I'm going to ask you a few questions here. I'm going to put you on the spot. You got to you got to pick some of your favorite that's stuff. Fine. Greatest show on turf or Mark McGuire? You covered them both. Which one? Greatest show. Greatest show. Greatest show was amazing. I'll say this about McGuire at the time, and you can't take my emotions back. I don't care what happened with steroids. Yeah. That was incredible. It was. I mean, I thought that every single day I was going to see something amazing, and then I did. I like I've never in my life expected to see five hundred foot home runs, and he just did it over and yeah. over again. Now we learned later that right. they were aided by performance enhancing drugs, and I completely frowned on it, and I still do. But can't take my emotions away from what that felt like in ninety eight and ninety nine. Right. And it was incredible. But the greatest show on turf was a fascinating story and so much fun. And every single game in the Dome was a rock concert. And the city caught on to it. And Kurt Warner came out of literally out of cornfields in Iowa and became this superstar. From a grocery store. Yeah. And mixed in with the amazing trade for Marshall Falk. And the great play across the board from the receivers, from Bruce and Holt and Akeem. And then you had Pace. You know, here's this number one pick who becomes the bodyguard for Warner. And Vermeil, who hadn't coached for whatever it was, 13 years, builds this thing back. And Mike Martz, the mad scientist, and the defense. And, and it ends up being a defensive play that wins the Super Bowl. Like, the whole thing was mind-blowing and you still couldn't get over the fact like st louis has a football team again like, you know yeah, it's just all yeah. for for 95 96 97 98 not a very good team and then it just all clicked one time and kept on going 2000 was a really good team that yeah. just got clipped in the playoffs oh one was one of the best teams i've ever seen in my life that tom brady found a way to beat or maybe it was video cameras at the walkthrough Super Bowl. <laughs> but anyway, it was a fascinating run all the yeah. way to 03, really. So 99 to 03 was as much fun watching a team as I've had in my life. I don't remember the name of the song, but I, I want to go to work or what was it that they played the go dome? Got to go to work, man. Go that go was incredible, wasn't wheelbarrow it? And man, I mean, showing up to Rams Park, I mean, Brett, they were so popular that I would sit there all day and wait for injury news. I would watch every whistle, every practice, and a lot of us did. And we would report back to our media outlets. The media room became its own fraternity as we all knew each other because we spent so much time yeah. over there. I got to know. I was just talking about all the restaurants around here. I knew everything around Earth City and yeah. Williams Park. In fact, I was just there the other day and, and was – uh, marveling at you know how much time I used to spend over there, but we lived over there because the fans just could not get enough, and it was a really really great time. I you know, and on top of that, it is the NFL, and now I, as I've soured a little bit on the NFL since they left, at the time, you know, the NFL was king; it still is. So you had the whole country talking about you. Yeah. You had national reporters in every day. 
It was wild, man. It was That's crazy. It was really crazy. Yeah, that's the side the rest of us didn't get to see. So let's talk about David Eckstein. I randomly pulled these people, but I was thinking about Cardinal players, and I'm thinking David Eckstein, the work ethic, not a big dude, versus, say, a Scott Rowland. You're a big dude, probably put in a lot of hard work, but just naturally gifted. So when you think of those two guys, which one? Eckstein or? Or Rowland. Or Rowland, oh. I mean, I have stories about both. If I were to take one on my team, I'd take Roland because he was so incredibly strong, great third baseman, middle of the order yeah. bat. Love Roland, but if I were to to take one guy for a long period of time just to boost my team, it would be Eckstein. Eckstein was so I guess I have to pick one or the other. Uh, that that's a tough call. I mean, Eckstein was the MVP of the World Series yeah. for a reason. I remember after game four, I was down in the clubhouse and we were I was standing by LaRusse's office because I was gonna chat with him after his press conference, try to get a little extra. You know, some yeah. of us would go in there and just just chat him up a little more. He would let some of us in. And Eckstein was walking through, he was going to his press conference and was like and I'm like, You all right, man? He's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, You sure? He's like, Yeah, yeah, you know, it's right here. It's I'll be good. I'll be good. Oh, this is before the day before they won the World yeah. Series. And as it turns out, like he had a major rib injury and he was playing with it. Tough as nails, that guy. And then the other thing that he did for me was I found out that there was a kid that was playing here in Illinois, um, a little league game, ran into another player in the outfield. The kid's knee went into his head <laughs> and fractured his skull and they had to rush him to children's and i i can't remember how i got in touch with this family but they reached out to me and they said you know we we listened to you is there anything that you could do and you know his favorite player is david Eckstein, but like if there's anything that you can do and so i went to the hotel across the street from bush stadium they had a little gift shop there and it just so happened that there were there were pictures that you could buy to go get autographs. And there was a oh, beautiful wow. picture of David Eckstein. So I got Eckstein. And it just so happened that Eckstein and I were doing an event that night at the MAC. And I went to him and I told him the story. And he said, yeah, man. And he writes down this beautiful message for the kids, signs it. And after the event, I went straight to the hospital in my suit from the event it looked like I was a doctor or something <laughs> and went into the kid's room and gave him the picture and he sat up and they started crying and they said this first time he's even oh moved. my gosh it was like I'm glad I, I asked about Eckstein man I did not yeah, know that yeah. yeah and I told Eckstein the story and he got you know choked up yeah. about it it was just cool like he's just a great guy and, that's very uh, cool I just was even thinking just the simple things. You get a base on balls, and he sprints to first base. I mean, it's just like it's just <laughs> no, everything, I, right? I, I mean, it's I, like, I, love, I love Eckstein. I, yeah. I really love Eckstein. And I like Scott. I keep in touch with Scott because he's uh, in Bloomington. Yeah. He, he lives in, in the Bloomington area. Big IU okay, guy. Yeah. Uh, has tickets to basketball. And so every once in a while, we'll text and talk about the Hoosiers. And, of course, I love that he's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Yeah. What a great run that was. The 04 team is one of the greatest baseball teams Ever. in Cardinals history that the Red Sox were just hot and beat them. But David comes along and magic happens in 06. They just clicked in the playoffs and took off and won it. And I can't believe that was 15 years ago. I know. 
It's hard to believe, man. All right, last one for the uh, pick one or the other. I'm, I'm debating on three players here, but okay. I, got, I got Yachty, Albert, and Wayno in my mind. But maybe we'll just – he's like, don't, don't. I'm supposed to pick one out of, yeah. out of those? We'll, we'll just go with uh, Yachty and, and Wayno since they're both on the Cardinals. Anybody listening to the Cardinal Nation, I put him on the spot. Don't get mad at Tom. No, it's this. totally fine. Right. I mean, I'm going to go Pujols because okay. I cannot split Yachty and Wayno. Okay, they are, they're, that's fair. They're a, they're a tandem. Right, it's fun to watch. They're a battery. I can't pick one over the other. I love those guys, and they've been amazing to this organization. Pools to me was very special because I did get to talk to him when he was a minor leaguer, mm. and got to know him a little bit when he was in the minors. And when he came up in '01, because Bobby Bonilla strained his hamstring right before the start of the season, they opened a roster spot and they put this guy on the roster, and he starts hitting bombs. Uh, it was so much fun to watch, and then little did I know he would become the greatest hitter that I ever saw. And he never forgot that I was there from the beginning, and he never forgot he would start holding these charity events, these golf tournaments, which became super popular. But at the time, when he first started doing anything charity-wise, I would show up and be there and do a quick little interview or say hi. And he never forgot it. Hmm. And so every time for whatever reason, he took this liking to me. And if I'd show up at spring training, he'd be like, Hey man, you know, he said, when are we doing our interview? And the other media, you know, would, would be in the clubhouse and he would pull me aside and we'd knock out these interviews. And it was, it was really special to me that he would give me those opportunities. I never took those for granted all the way up until that garage happy hour that I did with him recently where he said, yes, I just always appreciated how he treated me. I think he appreciated how I treated him. And it was a lot of fun to watch him take off and do his thing. And they don't win those world series without him. And those 11 years are, know in terms of baseball history nearly unprecedented he would have been he would have passed all of musial's numbers but you know the business is different today and he ended up going to another team didn't totally work out or did it i don't know i mean can we just dream a little bit that he's gonna just let's just have some fun here and dream that he's gonna come back and put a cardinal jersey on yeah so i mean if people are watching this later maybe he is or maybe he isn't but i will say this i would selfishly love to see it oh. it would be a marketing bonanza and fun but i also think about him and the Cardinals yeah. from a business standpoint right so what's the best thing for him if he really wants to continue to play and he does would that would this be the best place for him, or would it be somewhere where he can play every single day? Does he want to be relegated to a pinch hitting role? Will it work out for him? Will it not? Of course, it would be great to see him back and in, in that uniform and getting ovations. But you know, what's the best thing for him? What's the best thing for the Cardinals? As we're talking here, they're a first place team yeah. and they've got a nice thing going right now. So it's a it's an interesting subject, I think. Yeah. There's no real wrong answer. I don't think. I know everyone wants to have a take on it, but I'm gonna sit back and say that it will work itself out. Somebody will either knock him over with a nice opportunity, or perhaps that's something that could happen where he ends up being here. I just don't know. I mean, yeah. of course it'll always be Albert and the Cardinals because he's going to go down as a Cardinals Hall of Famer, as a baseball Hall of Famer first ballot. He goes in with that Cardinals logo on his cap because Cooperstown will make it happen. 
and uh, he'll he will now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> After last week, he'll make it happen. Right, and it's uh, he's going to have the red jacket. Yeah, he's going to be standing there for years and years with Yachty and Wayno behind home plate on opening day. He'll always be part of it. Yeah. So we're just talking about a very small window of like what's right. Yeah. I'm just a sucker for those things, man. I, mean, I, I, just, do. I, hear I went to the game when he came back, his first at-bat. It was like, what, a three-minute ovation, it felt like. He I told mean, me yeah. on the garage happy hour, one of the greatest moments of my career and maybe number one. Wow. Was coming back as an angel and getting that ovation. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, I'm it getting meant, chills right now just thinking about it. It, it was incredible. so much to him that, that the fans gave him that love. Yeah. I know it hurt yep. for everybody. And believe me, it it's not easy. Uh, even no. though they, he gets paid a lot of money, I'm not sure that was an easy call for him. So, right. anyway, yes, I think it would be great. I like remember when Willie McGee came back. Yeah. You know, they played yeah. the theme from The Natural every time he came to the plate. He got <laughs> an right. ovation. He That's must right. have had 300 ovations yeah. that year. So it's it, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yep. So you could go back and give yourself advice, things you know now um, that you wish you knew then, whenever then is. What, what advice would you give yourself? I wish that I uh, knew that what you worry about in terms of performance is, is okay. It's, it's okay to be self-critical. You're definitely your worst critic, yep. for sure. You don't have to worry about whether other people think of you. It's all about what you do. Let that stuff roll off your back. I think it, at first I was so, I was trying to make sure that I pleased everybody. And I still, in a lot of ways, I'm a people pleaser. But I think as you get a little bit older, you start to realize that the important things are your family, your coworkers, your boss, the fans. And anybody that doesn't fall into that category who becomes a critic, if, if that pops up, you know, don't even worry about it. Like, almost embrace it. Yeah. Like, what else would it means you they're paying attention. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? I think at first I was like, gosh, I hope everybody likes my show. Yeah. You know, like, who cares? If, if people don't like it, they heard it. And yeah. it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what would I be doing? Sitting in a on my couch watching TV? Or do you want to go... Be in the big leagues, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you want to do you want to be in this or not? Yeah. Is what I would tell my young self. Like, let's go. Yep. So I, uh, I've definitely that that's what I would probably go back and say that it's okay to uh, Bernie Miklas, uh is is a great friend. He's kind of like a big brother, and I remember this very well. There was a it was a Sunday morning, and I was off that day had a cup of coffee i'm probably 25 26 years old open up the sunday sports page and a little sound off section there's a there's a little letter in there from a fan like who's this tom ackerman who's on KMOX and he was on some tv show talking about the rams like what does he know why why would they hire this kid it's ridiculous and he, he looks like he looks like he's 12 and blah 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 and i like well that's <laughs> Great way to start the day. <laughs> and I get a call from Bernie Miklas, like pretty quickly. It was around lunchtime. He's like, hey, what's up, Pally? I'm like, what's up, Bernie? How you doing? He said, I saw the paper this morning. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you ain't a player in this town until you've been ripped in the sound off section. Oh. I'm like, 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I needed that. Right. He's like, you made it. That's and incredible. Like, You're right. You know, I've, I feel pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> it went from, I went from zero to 100. So, yeah, it was, that was good. And then so that, that, that felt good. So it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Look, you want to step into the ring. You want to be in this business. Better have a thick skin. Yep. That's for that's sure. any business, right? I mean, no matter no what you're doing, whoever's listening to this, I mean, if you get knocked down, I always call it the bounce back theory. The quicker you get up, from defeat, the more successful you're going to be long-term. That's right. And that could even be something that's not public. So if you have your boss or somebody you look up to or a superior tell you that what you did was not good or wrong or whatever, my thought process is, boy, am I glad that that person feels comfortable enough to tell me that. That feels pretty good, actually. I'm glad and I'll be better next time. Like, that's how I react to those things. Or I have, you know, if somebody pokes at you on Twitter, let's say, because social media has changed the world, that definitely happens. I look at that now as an opportunity to turn somebody around. So I actually, if you go back in any of my Twitter feeds, you'll see, like, I love to engage people on Twitter. I had somebody hammer me pretty hard, actually, recently saying that I was way too positive about the Cardinals, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I tend to be a homer. That's okay. But guess what? I'm also very fair. But I, I didn't say that. I just kind of sat back. And the next, I didn't say anything. And the next day, he's like, "But you know, you're a good broadcaster, and I didn't mean anything by that." And and I said, "Hey, man, it's you know, it's all good. I really just love to interact. I love the engagement. I think that I'm. Uh, I tend to be homerish, but I think I'm fair. And what you probably don't know is I can mix it up with the best of them. So you know, anytime you know you want to." discuss baseball i love it man let's crack one open and talk and as it usually turns out those people are just looking for a good conversation and they would like to go have a beer and talk some ball it's just oh they would absolutely love it just the fact that you reach back out to them right yeah it's just probably switched it like we're not talking we're not changing the world here so you know it's that is fun and i do stay away from politics by the way i I make sure good idea i think most people would probably not know which way I lean politically and I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally fine. Especially in today's world. Uh, goal planning. Are you a big goal planner? Write it down, visualize it. I mean, what's that look like for you? Yes. Uh, I don't write it down, okay. but I definitely visualize. Okay. Um, I, I probably Walk us through that. What's that look like in my mind? And I don't know how much I really reveal to the world, but I do in my mind have a picture of what I want to be in in everything so what kind of a dad am i what kind of a husband am i what kind of a a career professional am i and where do i want to be in a year five years 10 years 15 20 i do i think about those things and what i envision like what am i going to look like i almost predict like where will i be or i predict where other people in my life i think in terms of my relationships I do, I'm very present. So when I meet somebody or engage somebody, I think there's a reason why I'm now talking to this person. And and the reason is that my sense tells me that that person is the reason we just talked or did a podcast or went to lunch or dinner is there was a connection there. So I believe that my goals are kind of set sort of as I go. What I mean by that is my experiences in my work will develop through relationships with other people. So I do pay very close attention to who I am 
sharing that work energy with not to get like too deep on you, but no, this is awesome. Like this if there's exactly somebody that it just, I can tell I'm not getting it. I'm not get, receiving the energy back. Or maybe if I really look deep inside myself, I'm not giving them the energy that they deserve, you know, then I'll make sure that I handle that relationship a certain way and, and make sure that I'm managing my time throughout the day. Like I see every single day is important. So I look at the a year, five years, 10 years, but I also look at tomorrow, the next week. It, it just sort of varies, but I, I definitely make sure that whoever I'm around that particular day, there, there is a, a reason and a method for, for all of those things. And then you also have to plan for the unexpected. So I do leave that out there too. Yeah. I think one of my things has always been, I always tell myself this, I don't get too upset about things because I need to save that energy for when I really need it. <laughs> when you really get upset. So like if something doesn't work out, I'm like, all right, well, we'll take another route. Yeah. You know, so, but let, let's save the, the drama and the energy for when I really need something. If there's something tragic that happens in my life or something drastic where I'm my, my uh, thoughts or skills are needed, then we'll, we'll do that. Yep. And by the way, in our business, things happen all the time. We could be sitting here and, you know, something happens. Well, there you go. Carlos Martinez has been placed on the injured list. Oh, right. So I just got right there. Yep. I had the sense, right? Yep. So, you know, thought process now, what does that mean? What do they do? They're going to call up Johan Oviedo is what they're going to do, but there's always uh, something in our business that could happen. So just be at the ready. Um, but in terms of goals professionally, uh, I do. I have some. I have some thoughts. I kind of keep them to myself of where yeah. I want to be, but I shoot pretty high. Yeah, I love it. And you, you, before we started recording, you were talking about. You said I have this thing tomorrow, and it, immediately when you said that earlier, I thought to myself, All right, I like this because this guy knows what tomorrow. You know, a lot of people don't think about tomorrow yet, right? But you're thinking, like you said, visualizing tomorrow. What you learned from yesterday, next week, and so on. And I think that's so important for people right now, especially in today's world. Visualize where you're at. Think where you're at, and and plan for it right mm -hmm. yeah and dream I, about I it i really really don't want to dwell too much on how many things i have going on yeah because that's where you i think get a little stressed and you're not focusing on your particular task yeah. like right now i just want to have a good conversation with you and have a good time yeah actually at this very moment i'm not really sure what i'm doing after this except <laughs> i know it's on my schedule right, right? but like I've, I've become so engaged in this yeah. conversation. So I know that this is what I want to do right now. I yeah. want to have a nice conversation, have some fun, talk about life. And then you move on to the next thing during the day. And I, I if I start thinking about all the things I have to do this week, next week, uh, the next year, so overwhelming. it just crushes you. Also, I let go of the past pretty easily. So if something didn't work out yesterday, let that sort of fade off into the distance and not let that hang over me. That's not easy to do, man. I mean, right. that, that took a while. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think, does lead to success, and it keeps you focused on the task. I had a very good friend who's in our business, not in the media business, but in the sports business, who I look up to, who said to me, it was a while ago, it was probably 10 years ago that we had lunch, and there was a job that I kind of had my eyes on that was out of the market. And he said, he said, I'll give you some advice. Do your job as well as you possibly can do it. And those opportunities are going to come to you. Do your job 
very well and to the best of your ability and support the people around you and things things are going to happen mm. for you and he was absolutely right absolutely right that's awesome so how do you stay a student in the game i mean you you obviously you're going to be on the air you got to know what the heck's going on and know that martinez is on the dnl or dnl dl or injured reserve list i should yeah, call the it now. IL. the il so how do you stay a student in the game well it does go back to love for it you know i don't look at it as a task necessarily like, i really do love to know what's going on because i know the fans do cardinals being a very popular team definitely helps me if this was a team that nobody cared about, the motivation maybe isn't as there as much as I know that fans want to know everything that's going on. So we try to keep up to date on that. So I, I interrupt you on this. It was funny. I was talking to a guy in Florida, and he was, <clears throat> we were saying about how I went to a Cardinal game. It's 13,000 people in the crowds. I said it was, it was crazy. It was totally different. And he's like, oh, really? Like, So down there, there's like, you know, if there's 7,000 people, they're lucky. But here, it's totally different now. That's right. No, and it's probably going to increase, yeah. you know, as the season goes along and as more people get vaccinated and positivity rates go down. So, you know, before long, you'll see Bush Stadium and that familiar roar is an incredible sound. Yeah, they're they're a very passionate, amazing fan base. And I love all of it. Like, I love the negativity at times. I love the pessimism at times. <laughs> I love when I walk down the street and my neighbor's like, hey. Like, hey, these pitchers going to go deep in the game. What the heck's wrong with that? You know, I'm like, yeah, man, they yeah, will. You yeah. know, we're going to. But I like that. You know, I, I, I'm i more of a big picture during the season person. Not every game is like life or death. But the, I like that also. Yeah. I love that passion. Anyway, but that's why I, I, I pay attention to it. That's why I talk to people in the game and try to learn something new every day and try to. What can I give our audience that they don't know? That's a great challenge with Cardinals fans. You tell them a little something they don't know, a little backstory, a little piece of information that, that you think might come together, um, a storyline that maybe they don't realize, or, or take a step back and, and look at a big picture. And that, that's very exciting for me. So I do watch the games as often as possible or, or listen to them on KMOX when I can't be in front of the TV. And I pay very close attention. And it's... It's great. And that goes for the Blues. I'm very, very in tune with what they're doing, even if I can't be with them all the time. And in, in the pandemic, it's definitely changed. You're not in the locker room anymore. You're not in the clubhouse anymore. So it takes a little extra of knowing a few things of what's going on, yeah. asking the right questions and, and handling it the right way. Uh, I definitely, for myself, try to pay attention to other things that I like also. So I, one thing I've always tried to be is knowledgeable about as many sports as possible. Cause you just never know when it's right. going to come up. So what are my, what am I most passionate about first? Those are the things I follow very closely. I've discovered baseball, hockey, college, basketball, football, golf, racing, uh, is in my background. Uh, my dad first job out of college, he was a race car mechanic. Okay. Yeah, so he taught me about cars. You know, so all these things I pay very close attention to, and then I start to branch out into others too. I like to know a little bit about everything, and it it's just it's fun. It's the it's the sports page in science class, kid. You know, I just I scour the sports page. Yeah, it's just what awesome. I did. Very cool. So last question for you. If I get, I got the magic phone right here, we're going to uh, make one phone call. You get to interview this person. They're going to come on Garage Happy Hour with Tom Ackerman. Who is it? Michael Jordan. Hmm. Yeah, to me, Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete I've ever seen in any sport. 
and I don't share his basketball skills whatsoever. I was a, I was a very mediocre player who could shoot from the outside a little bit. And now that my daughter's playing, I started playing more. Yeah. And I've rediscovered that shot yeah. a little bit. It was, it was completely lost for a while. No, Michael's uh, drive fascinates me. One thing about him that I do share with him is the competitiveness with myself I don't think that it eats me up inside, but I'm fascinated with, to this day, he still challenges himself when he feels, and he almost makes it up in his mind, like that somebody challenged him. I thought The Last Dance was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. It was a great, great show. And if you ever read Wright Thompson's story from ESPN, the magazine from like 2013, when he was... Uh, covering Michael one night, a couple nights when he was, uh, still is the owner of the Charlotte Hornets at that time, the Bobcats. It is a fascinating background of, of what Michael is and why he drives himself. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. I'd have him on there. And also, you know, Garage Happy Hour, I'm thinking as big as, so you asked me, who would you have on? I have someone as big as possible. Yeah. If I were going maybe the more controversial, like, let me grill somebody. It would be Stan Kroenke. Yeah. I'd want to know what the heck happened and why and moving forward, why? You know, why did you trash? get a ton of views in this area, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> why did you trash an entire city? Yeah. Why did you scorch us on the way out? Why are you this? Why yeah. are you that? I'd, I'd get them pretty good. I, I like think. it. So That's cool. But I don't know that it, that's something that would ever be realistic. But anyway. You Always got to shoot for it, right? You asked. I'd go Jordan first. All right. All right. Well, maybe you could do your golf happy hour with Jordan, and you could maybe lose your house or win his house or something on the golf course. That's and then we'll do real... Stan Crocky on the garage happy hour. That is a good point. Get a little, get a get little beer in it. Maybe you'll say a little more, maybe. Tell you what. I think it's possible the golf happy hour, you know, you could start doing something down in Florida yeah. Around spring training. If I plant the seed now, go to so his golf me, course. You got the you got grove. My wheels turning here. You have golf. Hey, courses. you do this. I have to caddy for you. I will be your caddy. Pay my own way down there. I'll be your caddy. <laughs> you have golf courses down there. You have the biggest names in golf living yeah. down there. Rory, JT, yeah. Tiger, Jordan. My best buddy from grade school is a member at the Floridian down there. So we'll go to the Floridian. We go see. That's where those guys play. Now we're talking. Yeah, you get them at the we're Floridian, in. or we get we. We try to figure out how to get them on Seminole, Seminole yeah, and just uh, make it happen. Okay, that's uh, for those I, of you listening. If you ever see Tom Ackerman playing golf with Jordan, I'm not his caddy. We, please let me know. Rewind this tape. That's right. Yeah, play that's this right. and uh, over and over. No, that so yeah. I, I just you know the people who are in sports, I think that there's a very human element to it that I've always been fascinated with, and that's really what drives me. It's not really the stats. And winning and losing, the seasons come and go. It's, it's a cycle. Once you end a season, the next one begins, and they all kind of blend together, and we remember the championships and not so much the, the bad ones. What I like is the human element. I like to know about that person, and that's kind of where that show comes sure. in. I, I just want them to be seen as people. I like it. So where do our listeners find more of Tom Ackerman? Where are we uh... – uh, there's this little radio station uh, on 1120 on the dial, but we've kind of expanded this. So KMOX yeah. is now on Odyssey. 
Okay. Uh, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's an app yep. that uh, Odyssey is formerly Intercom, which is formerly CBS Radio. Odyssey is all of the stations around the country are on it from WFAN in New York to KMOX here in St. Okay. Louis. So you can find me on the Odyssey app or on 1120 okay. uh, KMOX and KMOX.com. And then the Garage Happy Hour is on social media. It's on Twitter. My I'm Ackerman1120 on Twitter, but I'd push you to Facebook. Okay. I'm not really that active on Facebook, but the Garage Happy Hour is, and that's where it gets most of its views and attention and comments. Yeah. And so I think all you really have to do to make it easy on yourself is just Google, Google Garage Happy Hour. Yeah. And it'll show up. It pops up. It's yeah. the first thing that pops up. That's cool. Well, man, it's been awesome having you. I know we uh, we met years ago playing golf at Boone Valley. And it's uh, That's a great track. It's a great track. Yeah. Be there in a few weeks for the same event. And nice. That's, that's the last question. So if, if I say you're going to get a free membership, where are you going in St. Louis? A free membership. Free membership. Man, Boone is tempting. And there's no drive limit. We'll say like the drive, you can snap your fingers and be there. Because that's the downside about Boone, right? It's so far out, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially over here in Illinois. Snap your fingers, I'd say Boone. Yeah. I I really love it out there. It's incredible. It's so relaxing. It's a great way to spend the day. I don't want to leave when I'm out there. Uh, I'd say for driving distance, I live pretty close to Old Warson. Okay. That would be the one. Uh, That's a, a little bit of freight there. If I could, if I could. Get that down to zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be yeah. that'd be fun to just yeah. uh, sort of walk over there. Yeah. It's a great place. We did a uh, me and two of my buddies, Andrew Davidson and Matt Bruning. We did a uh, St. Louis Dream Day. We were, of course, I was talking trash one day, which I love to do. We were playing golf. We ended up playing Old Warson in the morning. Had lunch or breakfast at Old Warson, and then played Old Warson. Then Bell Reeve. Happy hour at Bell Reeve ended it with a Tony steak. Oh, that's a day. I mean, what I a St. Louis that. day, right? Yeah, I need to do that with my buddies. Yeah, I was playing. Uh, I got invited to play at Bell Reeve recently. And my friend Jeff Drew over there, he said, yeah, I, he played St. Louis Country Club in the morning, had lunch over there, and then played Bell Reeve in the afternoon with me. I'm like, you've had what a day, a day. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this is top shelf wow. right here. That's big time. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm just that kid that likes sports and I still, there's no doubt we all have that kid in us, you know? So I, I definitely bring that kid out constantly. And the day that I don't is the day that I do something else. And I don't see that coming. Right. It's the day you sign off. That's right. Tom, it's been great having you, man. Thanks for being with me. Thanks buddy. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.